We are in a new series this morning, and uh, it's going to be, the title of the series is Great Comebacks. And for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at some great comeback stories in the Bible, ending with the greatest comeback story of all history, and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Don't you like a great comeback story? You know, yeah, they're they're fun. They're 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 fun to listen to. Uh, they're fun to be uh, go to a movie and watch a, a great comeback story. Sports teams. Uh, there are some sports teams with some great comeback stories. Now, many of you may not know this, but I am a San Francisco Giants baseball fan. Okay, spring training has begun. Uh, boy, the the smell of leather and the crack of the bat, uh, it's upon us. Well, uh, I don't know, but if you remember 2012, that was a long time ago, but the Giants had a world championship run. It was their second world championship run. And uh, the playoffs were uh, amazing. Uh, the 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 Giants they they entered the playoffs as the uh, they won their division their their league and so uh, they they uh, were in the playoff series and they were playing against the uh, Cincinnati Reds and uh, spirits were high a great anticipation they've already have one championship ring uh, from two years previously and uh, they go into this. Uh, the division series, and the first two games are at home. You know, we're going to sock it to them. And the Giants lose to the Cincinnati Reds both games. Now they're down zero games to two, and they have to go to Cincinnati. Gary's over there shaking his head. Gary's a big Reds fan. He's thinking, oh, man, we've got this in the bag. And they go to Cincinnati, Ohio. And the Giants sweep the Reds at home to win the division playoffs. You guys need to get excited about that. I mean, that was awesome. <laughs> and then comes the championship series, and they're playing the St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals were the wild card team that, that year that got into the, the championship series. And... Uh, and again, the, it's a seven-game series now, and the Giants are at home to begin the, the playoff, the series. And they split with the, the um, Cardinals, one game apiece. And now they've got to go to St. Louis for three games. And while they're in St. Louis for those three games, they get swept by the Cardinals. And now, or actually, no, they don't get swept. They they lose two two of those games. So now they're they're down one game to three. It's it's an elimination game now. There's three games left to go. Potentially three games. And if they lose one more of those three games, they're out. Well, the Giants they win uh, game five in St. Louis, and so now they get to come home. Now it's two games for the for the Giants, three games for the Cardinals. And they come home and they sweep the series at home and win uh, the National League Championship. 
I mean, this is unheard of. Their backs are against the wall. And when their backs are against the wall, they play their very best. And uh, those playoffs were amazing. They go on to the, the World Series championship against the Detroit Tigers. It's not nearly as exciting because they swept the Tigers uh, in four games. But uh, I love following the Giants. And uh, the, the Giants have won seven games in a row now when facing the elimination game. Okay? So they know what comebacks are all about. Uh, and uh, you just can't get rid of them. You know, I don't know if it was the general manager at the time, forget his name, but uh, he was talking about uh, the World Series from 2014 that they won. And uh, he said, you know, the Giants, they're like cockroaches. You You try to get rid of them and you can't. They just keep coming back. So, uh, yeah, I am a Giants fan. And if they're cockroaches, so be it. Uh, they, they are on an amazing run. I don't know if you saw the comeback from uh, about a week ago, a week ago last Saturday. The Golden State Warriors, the Golden State Warriors are a really hot basketball team right now. They've only lost five games, and they were playing against Oklahoma City in Oklahoma. And they had been behind the whole game. In fact, the only, they had been ahead for only 27 seconds of that game. And with time, with no time remaining, in overtime, Steph Curry, who's, who takes these shots out of nowhere and swishes them all, uh, he, he launched a miracle 32-footer with no time left and beat Oklahoma City at home. It was an amazing finish, but a, just an incredible comeback. And, uh, and we all have comeback stories, don't we? Okay. Who's got a good comeback story? Just real quick, uh, what is it? You just, just name it. You don't have to describe, go into a lot of detail. But what's your favorite comeback story? Rocky. Okay, yes, a great comeback story. Uh, another comeback story. Cinderella. Yeah, Cinderella. Okay, yeah, Cinderella. Karen. What's that? Oh, Clyde is a great comeback story. He comes back every week. Yes. How many said? Uh, how many said Fuller House? Oh, a couple. Yeah. How many said uh, McRibs? <laughs> no. That's not a good comeback story. Well, we all have good comeback stories. And so we're going to be looking at uh, comebacks in the month of March. And this morning I want us to look at a very familiar story in Luke chapter 15 about uh, the story of the prodigal son. That's how we know the story. That's what we entitle this story. But this story, it's a great comeback story, but it's not about uh, the younger prodigal. It's not even about the older son. This story is about the greatness, the goodness of the father. And um, 
the way this story is introduced in, in verses 1 and 2, um, Jesus is with some Pharisees. And the Pharisees are grumbling. I mean, they're, they're ticked off because Jesus is, is spending all of his time with, uh, with sinful people. You know, with tax gatherers, with, uh, with prostitutes, uh, people who have been rejected by society, culture. Um, that's who Jesus is drawn to, and that's who's drawn to Jesus. And they're grumbling, and they're thinking to themselves, why is Jesus hanging out with these people? And so Jesus hears this, and he says, guys, I want to tell you, I want to tell you some parables, some stories. And he, t- he shares three quick stories. One is about, um, about sheep that get lost. Or just one sheep that gets lost. And uh, Jesus says that that shepherd, you know, leaves the 99 and he goes in search of the one. You know, it, it, it wasn't enough that he, had, he still had 90, 99. No, he was concerned about the one. And so he left the 99 to find the one. Then he tells a second story about a a, a lady who's lost a coin. And uh, she had 10 coins, but one of them was lost. And and this coin, each each coin was was valuable. She needed these, these funds. She couldn't find this coin and, coin, and she turns over everything to find this one coin. And at the, each, at the end of each of these stories, when the sheep is found, when the coin is found, I mean, she tells her friends, the shepherd, they're excited, you know, that the, the one was lost and now is found. And in telling those stories, we get we get an idea of the heart and nature of God. It's not about the thing that was lost. You know, the thing that was lost was was important, but the thing that was lost, uh, it wasn't any fault of their own. You know, the sheep didn't know what it was doing. It was just kind of wandered off. The coin didn't have a mind of its own. it was lost. It wasn't about the thing. It was about the shepherd. It was about the person who lost the coin. That everything was turned upside down. They, that the person went to great lengths to find what was lost. What, does this te- what is Jesus telling us about God? Jesus is telling us that the God we serve is a finding God. We don't find God. God finds us. And God thinks that we are so valuable, so important, that he will go to the nth degree to rescue us, to find us, to call us his own. And then we come to Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 11. And uh, again, the story of the prodigal son. And it's not really a story of the prodigal son, even though that's what it's titled. It's about the father. 
in what the Father, um, what we mean to the Father. So if you have your Bibles, I want us to look at verses 11 through 24 this morning. I'm going to read that for us this morning. And Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And the father divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. He was so destitute. He was so at the end of himself that he couldn't, he wasn't even able to eat what the pigs were eating. Verse 17, but when he, had came, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. We are all so familiar with this story. It's a great comeback story. And I want us to, want you to know this morning, as we talk about comebacks this month, we're all in need of a comeback. In this passage of Scripture this morning, we see that this, this son, we're going to go into him in detail, he was at the end of himself. I mean, he had spent lavishly, he had spent foolishly, he had spent it all. And now he comes back home and the father sees from a distance and the father runs to the son and is just opening him up with welcome arms. And he's so excited to see his son. Why? Because once his son was once considered dead. 
and now is considered alive again. He's come back home. This this is a this is a dramatic story of a, a changed life. And maybe your life is a picture of that. I mean, you were destitute. You were at the end of yourself. And you can see this story as a comeback. And you've got a similar comeback story. But for some others, maybe that's not your story. You've grown up in the church. You've been a Christian uh, a long time. And you don't have that dramatic comeback story. Well, I want you to know this morning that you are in just as big a need of a comeback as the prodigal was that came back home. As we look at this story this morning, the the younger son didn't get it right. The younger son uh, thought that uh, he didn't deserve to be considered uh, the son anymore. He ju- he was just going to be a hired servant. He got it wrong. The older son thought that he deserved, he deserved a party. You know, he, he lived this righteous life. He deserved what, uh, the, the father had to give him. And he got it wrong. You can't earn salvation. You can't earn good standing with the father. The only person who got it right in the story was the dad. And so I want to look at this this morning as, um, and look at these, these themes. There are some common um, comeback story themes that fit all of us. Okay, So you may be the younger son, you may be the older son, but either way, there are some common themes that uh, we need to be familiar with when it comes to a comeback. The first common theme of a comeback story is a desired hope. A desired hope. You know, think about it when, if you're married, think about when you got married and you had children. I mean, you had hopes and dreams for those kids, didn't you? Um, this father, when he had these two boys, he had, he had hopes and dreams for these boys. I mean, the the boys were going to to share in the father's business, and one day the father was going to be able to turn over the the business to his boys. But it didn't happen that way. Um, the 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 sons crushed the desired hope of the father of the dad. Think about Adam and Eve, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden. I mean, that was a special time. There was a sweet fellowship between God and Adam and Eve. But it didn't last long. Those, those desired hopes, Adam and Eve crushed the desired hopes of God the Father. When God the Father created Adam and Eve... God wanted Adam and Eve to glorify Him for all eternity. When God created you, my friend, God created you, each person, to glorify Him. But mankind has a tendency of crushing those desired hopes. And here we see in this passage of Scripture, 
that that uh, the hopes and dreams of the father were crushed by the younger rebellious son. Which brings us to the second common theme, and that's the rebel heart. The younger son, he had a delusional heart. You know, it was the father had a plan for the son, but the son didn't want to have any part with that plan. In the back of the son's mind, I mean, he had a better plan. I mean, he didn't want to go the father's direction. He wanted to set out on his own direction, but he just needed cash to fund it. And so, with this rebel heart, he goes to the father and he asks for the father's uh, inheritance. In other words, he's saying to the dad, Dad, you are better off dead to me than you are alive. Can I have my share of the inheritance? And what does the father do? The father divides his inheritance with his, with his son. <clears throat> and we see, we see the bent heart of this younger son. That rebel heart. And I want you to know this morning, friends, that we all have that rebel heart inside of us. When God created us, God created us with the desire, the intent that we would glorify Him. But when we were born into this world, we were born with a sin nature. We were born with a heart bent on wanting not to work God's plan, but to work our own plan. And we all have within us this desire to do our own thing. Now that's obvious with the younger son. We, we see how foolish he was. But that same rebel heart is in the older son. Because he had a desire to live a squeaky clean life. He was full of self Righteous pride. And he deserved, in his mind, he deserved his father's inheritance. He was the son who could be trusted. And in each one of these hearts, those hearts were wrong. For the, for the, the older son, you can't earn God's approval. And even though he was living this squeaky clean life, he was miserable on the inside. He never experienced the joy of all he was sharing in with his father. Because it was all about work, work, work. It's all about me. And neither work. And the reason why neither lifestyle work works is because we're all dead. We're in this spiritual predicament of death because of sin. And sin separates us from the Father, from our dad. 
And the only way that that can be reconciled is through the Father's grace that we'll look at in a moment. So here we see the second common theme. We all have this rebel heart. And then there's a third theme. The third theme is the run. Okay? And we all have those seasons where the run is working out for us. The younger son, he took his cash and he went off and he spent it lavishly. He spent it foolishly. He was having fun. He had money. He had friends. And he was picking up the tab for everything. And he was one popular dude. As long as he had the funds. And the run was good. And that's what happens in all of our hearts. Those rebel hearts. There's going to be a season in our life where the run is good. Everything's working. You haven't gotten caught. You know, I... We were, we were in a financial series a few weeks ago, and I talked about the, the law of Pinocchio, you know, and we all know what happened in Pinocchio's life when he told a lie. His nose kept growing longer and longer and longer. But when it comes to finances, the law of Pinocchio doesn't work. You know, we'll learn to take that credit card and spend that credit card on things that uh, we can't afford, and we run up that credit card, and while we're running up that credit card, oh, the run, it's fine. The run is good. But the run's not going to last forever. And that's what was happening with this younger son. It was a great run, as long as he had the cash. But when he ran out of cash, the plan stopped working, and he came to the fourth common theme. And the fourth common theme is the wall. The wall. Now, before I mention the wall, maybe you're not the younger son. Maybe you're the older son. Okay? And... you haven't lived that kind of lifestyle. Your life is pretty good. And your plan is working. Well, just know that that run isn't going to last forever. If you're living a life where you don't have to depend on God. I mean, you've got a house. Your marriage is working. You've got you've got great great kids. I mean, everything's going well. Everybody has great runs. But just know that there's going to be a point where you're going to hit the wall just like the younger son, younger brother, hit the wall. And the wall is the end of the run. For the younger son, his wall was obvious. I mean, he was miserable. He couldn't even 
eat the food. No one would even feed him the food that the pigs were eating. That's how destitute he was. And the Bible says that he came to the end of himself. It's my prayer, as we talk about these comeback stories, that you not wait until it gets that bad. You know, you may be going through a good run right now, good season. But there may be some warning lights in your run. Kind of like the lights on the dashboard of your car that go off occasionally. What about the gas light? Okay. You know, now for some of you, uh, you're great planners when it comes to your gas tank. You know, when you're driving, you see that uh, you have about a quarter of a tank left. I mean, you're a good planner. You're thinking to yourself, okay, well, I'm going to wait until I can get to uh, this place where, you know, they they sell gas really cheap. Or maybe you're going out of town. I'm going to wait till I get to Costco. You give yourself enough gas to get to Costco where you can get it really cheap in Lancaster or Victorville. You're great planners. But that's not everybody. You know, there, there's some of us where, you know, we don't realize that we're running empty until we see the little light come on. You know, and you're just uh, oblivious and you're just going about life and, and all of a sudden you hear that little ding and oh, i got to get gas. And then there's some people, you hear that ding and you see that light and, you, and you've been told, I've got 30 miles left. Yeah. Well, I bet I have 60 miles left. Let's see. <laughs> Let's challenge this. Well, you know, hopefully when it comes to the warning lights of our life, that we don't wait till it gets that bad. If, you, if, if there's going to be a comeback occur in your life, there's a wall. And that wall is an opportunity for you to turn around. You might be here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, I know there's a wall. But man, I don't I don't want to turn around. I don't I don't want to I don't want to have to go public with my family or friends. I don't want to have to eat crow. So I'm just going to keep going this way. Just know what you tell them is going to be no surprise to them. They already know that your run is over. They already know that you've hit the wall. And when you say, hey, you know, Things aren't working in my life. You know, this this gal that I'm dating right now, I don't think she's the one for me. You know, your parents are probably not going to say, Really? Melissa? Psycho? 
Lunatic? Melissa? No. And if you're Melissa here this morning, sorry. I don't know you. But they're probably not going to do that. But your confession isn't going to be any surprise to them. And in their heart, they're probably going to say, thank you, God. You've shown them the wall. Pay attention before it's too late. For this older brother, the warning lights were going off, but he was ignoring them. And ignoring them, his heart was getting harder and harder and harder. He was miserable, but he ignored them. Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, wasn't this older son saved? Wasn't he a part of the family? Understand whom Jesus is talking to. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. They're complaining. They're grumbling. Jesus, why do you spend so much time with lost people? The Pharisees didn't know God. The Pharisees were outside of God's family. And that's where this older son was. And that's whom this story is directed to. The Pharisees in chapter 15. So that's the fourth common theme. There's a wall. And then after there's a wall, there's typically a plan. And this younger son, he had a plan. You know, we, he, he knows that he's miserable. He thinks about what it's like at home. And so, you know, he, know, he knows he can no longer be his father's son. So he comes up with this plan that, uh, just make me one of your hired servants. That will be okay. And so he writes out this, this uh, speech of apology and he starts heading home. He's got this speech memorized. I mean, he's, I mean, he's filthy, he's dirty, he's tired, but he's got a plan that's going to fix this. When you hit a wall, you probably come up with a plan too. And I want want to encourage you today in your comeback story that most likely the plan that you come up with is not going to be God's plan of fixing it. This young man came up with a plan and he's coming home and and he's going to convey this, this plan to his father. And as he's coming down the road, the father sees, the father doesn't wait for the son to get to the porch. The 
father doesn't have his arms crossed waiting for the apology speech. The father doesn't have the speech that says, well, son, I told you so. See the heart of the father. The father sees the son from a distance and the dad runs to the son. And he gives him a hug and a kiss. And the son pulls out his, his speech and he begins to, 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 to share his speech with his dad. He says, Dad, I've sinned. You know, I failed you. And let's just, let's just go back to this for a second. Verse 21, he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer to be called your son. And what does the father interrupt? The son had written, please make me like one of your hired servants. But the father doesn't even permit the son to get it out off of his lips. He interrupts the speech and says, kill the fatted calf. Put a robe on him. Put a ring on him. Put sandals on him. My son, who is dead, is now alive again. We've got to celebrate. What if the son had his own plan? Maybe he has one of your hired servants. What if the father had granted the son's request? What if the father had accepted the plan of the son? It would have been far less than what God had in mind. When you're at a wall, friend, if you're here this morning... And you need to come back. Let me encourage you. Don't go with your plan. Go with your father's. And you might be saying. What is that plan? That plan. Is dependence. On him. It's not about your man made. Directions. Of getting things right. No. It's depending on God. God. I need you. God. Fix this. And from this story. We see. That. Our plan. Isn't necessarily. God's plan. His father wasn't going to make him. One of his hired servants. No. That's a boy. His boy that was once dead is alive again. He's mine. Let's celebrate. He was lost and now is found. Which leads us to the fifth, sixth common, the sixth common theme, theme of comeback stories. And that is outrageous grace. And folks, that is the heart of our Father. If you choose to come back home, 
And God wants you to come back home. He is a finding God. You're not finding Him. He has found you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows your name. He loves you in spite of your rebellious heart. And when you choose to admit that you've been wrong and you need forgiveness, the Father is there welcoming you home with outrageous grace. This is scandalous grace. This, this is grace that no other religion, religions in the world can comprehend. Coming home to the Father is not based upon what you can do. The older son lived a squeaky, clean, righteous, religious life. And he was as far removed from the family as the Pharisees. The son came home with a memorized confession speech. And he couldn't even get all the way through it. And God said, the father said, my son is home. The son didn't deserve to continue to be a son. The son didn't deserve a, a celebration. It was all the grace of the father. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, well, that's, that's, a, that's a nice story, Pastor. But you don't know my story. You don't know what I've done. You're right. I don't know what you've done. But I want you to know, you, have a, you can have a comeback story too. How do I know that you can have a comeback story? It's because I have a comeback story. I was once lost, but was found by him. I was once dead in my trespasses and sin, but was made alive to God by the Father. And you're thinking, so, well, that's just salvation. That's neat, but... Uh, that, you don't know my comeback story. I'm here to tell you this morning, and everyone else here in this room, you can come back. And the reason why you can come back is because once the son was dead, but he was made alive. Jesus Christ died. And three days later, he came back to life to prove to us that he has the ability to forgive our sin, that he is God. And we're going to celebrate that 
on Easter Sunday, but we celebrate that every single day. God can give you a comeback story as well. But for us to have a comeback story, we either have to see ourselves as the younger son or the older son, but each son was in need of a comeback story. Don't let your self-righteous pride keep you from the party. You need God just as much as the younger son. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this story. It, it, it's so amazing. The prodigal, the younger prodigal, didn't deserve your grace, your forgiveness, your restoration. After spending all of his inheritance, God, you forgave and you brought him back into the home. There's some here this morning. God, I don't know their story, but you do. You're not even surprised that they're in this service this morning because, God, you've drawn them to this place. And you meant for them to hear this story this morning. God, I pray that in their hearts that they would come home to you. My friend, if I'm describing you this morning and your heart's desire is to come home to your heavenly father, the your creator, and you pray this, this simple prayer. Lord, I've been wrong. And I need for you to fix me. Forgive me of my sin. And he knows every one of them. And he loves you. Just like he loved the young prodigal. God, forgive me. Lord, I need you. Give me the plan. Help me put back together what I've broken. Help me, God, to live for you. I believe, I believe you died for my sin. I believe that you rose from the grave. That you're alive forevermore. God, I want you to be alive in my heart. Change my heart. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here this morning, if you prayed that prayer, 
A miracle. Go ahead, you can keep playing, Tammy. A miracle has transpired in your heart. Not only are not you are no longer just God's creation. You are God's child. And He has created you to glorify Him. And He's given given you that comeback story. And we're here as a church to help you grow in understanding that comeback story and appreciating and knowing who Jesus is and wants to be in your life so that you can follow Him and make known to Him, to those around you, who this Jesus is. If you prayed that prayer this morning, that connection card is in the pocket in front of you. Would you just let us know that you prayed to receive Christ this morning by checking that box? Do you need to pray with an elder this morning? Uh, there will be elders and their wives in the dining hall as we sing this song. Um, you can go and pray with them this morning. And any of others who have prayer requests, they're there for you.